we're here, we're live, we're live, we're live, baby, we're live. Uh, another episode of our Footy Fantasy Pod. We would have been served seven Chelsea corn, but Chelsea fans are nowhere to be found, as always. Ping <laughs> <laughs> me, I'll, share, I'll send the link so that you can come and get Chelsea corn, you know. Uh, Chelsea fans out here like they never seen it coming. <laughs> this corn was specially roasted by the devil in hell. It's black all through. <laughs> I I said no Satan football today. That's what I wrote. Is there no Satan football? <laughs> Why is Idris, bro? Hey, he just, he just on our wall. I tried to get him on the podcast. He said he's. It's nowhere to be found for now. Oh. Location is confirmed. That's that's what you just told me. <laughs> it's now that we go all, ahead of sudden, all of a yeah. sudden, all the family emergencies are going to pop up for Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Before we go ahead, let me introduce the guest. Uh, Itata, I think first time this this year since we started this season. This season, I mean, thanks for coming yeah, on. I think I think so. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for coming on. Uh, people always love your, your match reactions every time. Uh, I got Kwame, as always, the chief match reaction, man. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm only here because Chelsea lost 3-0. I see, you see they switch me. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, if a switch me pass, if they say Newcastle will win, but we'll take that one too. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, hola, uh, resident Liverpool fan. Yeah. Thanks for joining, as always. Mm-hmm. Across specialists in the house. Thanks for welcoming me. <laughs> and sorry for cut, sorry for cussing PTSD with this my jersey. This was what we bought when we smashed United 5-0 last season. Just putting it out there. I'm sorry. Disclaimer: If you need to see your psychotherapist, if you see your need to see your psychiatrist, I'm so sorry. But this jersey is going to be on trial. Just just off him from this. <laughs> <laughs> off my, off my. <laughs> Uh, I've issued disclaimer. I've disclaimer. So I've said I'm sorry in advance. But but I, I in 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 light of the recent okra you guys you guys have been serving, we will appreciate some okra tomorrow. If yeah. You uh, we we Fresh one. We'll take it. <laughs> you take it. Yeah. <laughs> even if there is no swallow, we'll just lick it like that. Okra and eba with two roundabouts. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Ten roundabouts. Ten roundabouts. <laughs> Before we go into my United Liverpool preview, we'll leave that to the, towards the end of the show. As you can see, it's called the relegation six pointer tomorrow. Of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United. Before we get there, let's talk about you know some of the things that are popping everywhere. United base. Mm-hmm. No, nobody wore United jersey. Wow, look at this United fans. I'm the well, host. Well, well, before you go, Nigeria's under 20 women. They're playing in, uh, I think, three hours. So I'm supporting the Nigerian ladies today. Convenient as Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, nation first. Nation first. Italy nation won the Euro 2020 in Wembley Stadium, so I'm still celebrating yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Nigerian fans, please, African fans, go out, support our girls. Let's beat Netherlands and get in the semis. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Yeah, Aya, what is your excuse for wearing the Germany jersey? I wear I'm not the road, you know. I'm trying to have to draw. I need to color. I can wear black, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm mourning the demise, the demise of Chelsea. That's my excuse. 
Okay. Ah, nicely done. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Chelsea fans will come for you. You guys are You guys are moved on from Arsenal fans to Chelsea fans now. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm not there. Yeah. I didn't say anything. <laughs> See, the Arsenal situation and what I go find in level, what I will always find is level. So get there. Let's not get up. Let's just give it time. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know that. We know that. Yeah. Uh, they're like elephants that's on top of a tree. We know what happened. Exactly. <laughs> you know what will happen. <laughs> let's, let's dive in. Let's actually ask uh, from outside looking in. Of course, if, mm -hmm. if anybody has been hiding under a rock, Glazers are uh, uh, under pressure. Um, there are rumors coming out that Jim Radcliffe you know, is interested in buying a minority stake and they say the Glazers are open. To sell it in minority stake, the other rumors that came out, of course, allegedly, you know, if it's, it's confirmed, are Glazer's kids are open to selling multiple sources, tier one sources, athletic <laughs> time. I reported that the kids, apart from Joel and Avram, the remaining kids are open to selling their stake. So let's actually ask an outsider looking in before I talk to the United fans. Let me ask, let's ask Ola looking in. What are your thoughts? You think they really want to sell, considering that you have been through. Something. Oh, oh. Yeah. Difficult. <laughs> Been to something similar, you know, with Hicks and Gillette. What are your thoughts about the Glazers? If they, if they, if they really want to sell. Um, with it, with Hicks and Gillette, they got forced out. So that's a difference. Like, and it's slightly different also because United are not. You guys are not defaulting on all the payments that the um, Glazers have taken. At that point, right. Ix and Gillette were defaulting on payment. So the banks had to step in and they were like, you guys, you can't make your payments. So it went to court. And luckily, we had uh, Martin, I think Broughton, his name was. He was from Chelsea. He was a Chelsea fan, actually. So he took over. And like in that situation, they forced Ix and Gillette. They said, we're going to find buyers. We're going to find buyers for this club, for Liverpool. So that's how we got them out. But of course, we had a lot of protests like you guys. We also protested there. It was, it was so terrible because what they were doing was similar to Glazers. They were taking money out of the club. Like any dividends, they were just... They didn't put in their own money. They leveraged like Glazers did. They leveraged. They didn't put in their own money. True, they spent some money, but that money was not their money. So that's the difference. Where people are saying, okay, yeah, United are spending. It's true. United are spending, but that money is actually money leveraged against United. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's when when you guys get angry, I understand it as a Liverpool fan because we went through similar. Now the difference is maybe that money that they spent has not been spent wisely. It has not been spent wisely for United. Maybe there's been no coherent coherent um, coherent plan because you can see that scattergun approach. In the last week, you guys have been linked, linked to like 15, 20 players. So that's maybe where the issue is. But it still boils down to the Glazers because if they put proper people in charge, there will be no scattergun approach. You know. Because they don't really care about football, maybe so they don't. They are not. They are not bothered as long as United are raking in the money and they can take out their dividends. Now, in answer to your question, I don't think they want to sell. I don't think they want to sell. I think they want to do the man. I think they want to do the minority stake because they still want to hold on. United is a. It's like a favorable cash cow for these guys, you know. They are not going to give up because some thousands of fans are protesting at Old Trafford. The only way you can force them out is if the matter ever went to court, maybe if they defaulted on payments, which is what happened luckily for Liverpool. But Liverpool were actually under threat of bankruptcy and deduction of points. It was yeah. like basically we're going to relegation. It was that bad. <laughs> Many people won't remember, but it was that bad. So we got lucky because we got somebody who was brought in who managed to force those guys out. But even after they forced them out, they took us to court. X and Gillette took Liverpool to court. 
Yeah. And they fought, yeah, they fought it out in court, but then they lost again. So they, they wanted to get um, get the club back from FSG. They wanted to. So I don't think the Glazers want to sell up. These people are billionaires for a reason. They don't give up on easy easy cash, you know, to them. They're taking money out of United. They're not fixing your stadium. I keep hearing this from your fans. Your stadium is in disrepair. These guys don't care. <laughs> They're just diverting funds to their pockets. You know, and even though, yeah, it's true, you guys are spending money, it's true, you spent a lot of money over the past few years, but that money is not Glazer's money. <laughs> it's still money they're leveraged. So when people say United are spending, yeah, they don't really understand the nuance of saying they're spending. It's still, it's not the Glazers putting in their own money, and they're taking money out of the club. So I understand why you guys are protesting, because we went through the same thing, but I just don't think they'll give it up. I don't think they'll sell the old club. I think they'll just sell, sell a minority and want to hold on to power because it's easy cash for them. It is. It's easy cash for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good, good thoughts. Good points. Uh, okay, Kwame, what are your thoughts? <coughs> yeah. Right, I, uh, I think somebody left a comment. It's another false down. Y'all can wrap it up fairly quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that is, put your uh, comment. Let, let's yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your name so that we can know how to throw you. So we can know how to <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, but honestly, I agree with everything Ayo said. I didn't, I mean, not Ayo, all I said, I didn't know, um, I didn't even know that the process of selling Liverpool to FSG was that, was that complicated. I didn't know about the bankruptcy, the, um, the looming bankruptcy, and I didn't know about the uh, post-sale lawsuit. So if that happened to, to Liverpool, I can only imagine how difficult it will be to get the Glazers out of United. But if there is ever a time Right to get these guys out, it is probably now. This is the best shot we'll get at it because now there are buyers who are ready, willing, and able to take over the club from them. Um, <clears throat> I don't think, at least in the last, you know, decade, when the glaze, when this, when the glaze, since when the glazes have been like under pressure, I don't, I don't think we've ever had any billionaire come out and openly. Um, open. I mean, I know Elon Musk said some stupid rubbish, <laughs> like, but there hasn't been anybody serious enough to come out and say, "Look, I'm interested." Um, I understand that out of the five siblings, three of them are willing to sell, and it's uh, Avram and Joel who are not. They're still, they're still uh, holding on. They're still holding on. I think I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those three siblings can sell to like an outside party. If they can sell to an outside party. <clears throat> Well, then that makes the process, um, it makes it easier in the future to eventually push Joel and Avram out. But again, uh, Joel and Avram, they probably have priority. They probably have a right of first refusal to buy, uh, the, the, um, to, to, buy, to buy out their siblings. So honestly, I don't think they want to sell. I don't think it will happen. I just think, I honestly think this is just, you know, all, it's all talk. And what's even worse is this. What's even worse is this. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that the Blazers are trying to pull uh, one of the levers that uh, that Barcelona pulled to to refurbish our stadium. They're trying to raise 200 million 200 million pounds to refurbish Old Trafford, and they're not doing that by actually putting money in it. They're selling they're selling TV rights for the next 25 years. That's what they're thinking about. So like, how bad can it get? <laughs> Like these guys are actually when we talk about taking the piss, these guys are absolutely taking the piss. Two yeah. weeks ago, we're not linked to Casemiro. Two weeks ago, we're not talking about reviving the Anthony bid. All of a sudden, now, bro, two weeks ago, we're talking about Anatovic. Have you guys forgotten? <laughs> we're talking about Anatovic. We're talking about Adrian Rabio. You know, 
But all of a sudden, you know, now we're talking, we're spending 70 million on Casemiro. We're talking about 100 million euros for Anthony. That's not even, he's not, no players worth that much. It's definitely not Anthony. But that just shows you how far they will go to hold on. But look, get him out by any means. Okay. Okay. Legal. <laughs> by any legal means, I like that. Shit. I like that. Shit. <laughs> let's not, let's not, you know, take anybody out illegally. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, uh, fortunately for the Glazers, they are able to, they were able to, where is it, what, 15, 17 years ago, stumble on the, this generational wealth. Yeah. Whoever, whoever had the, the, the planning and foresight for them did a good job. Yes. However, my only hope is on this. You know, there is usually that saying that whatever is on the land is the owner's property. Mm -hmm. You know, Manchester United is not in Tampa, it's in the UK. It's only a matter of time. Mm. It might not be in the next 10 years, might not be in the next 20 years. But this thing with this level of toxicity and hate, hatred is not dislike. Yeah. You, you cannot continue to, to survive in this sort of ecosystem for that long. You know, at some point, something is going to give and it won't be the owners of the land who are going to give up. Hmm. That's 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 my it's it's like the last resort of hope. You know, we may talk about all of these financial uh, pulleys, pulling this and this and strings. But I'm telling you what is on the land of the owner is the property of the owner of the land, period. Hmm. And it's just a matter of time it's going to come through. But they've stumbled of generational wealth. I don't see, like Ola said, I don't see them selling anytime soon. But I don't know how what the, the, the shelf life of this ownership is. It might not be as long as we think. Okay, that's a good point. I agree. <clears throat> uh, let's comment before I add mine and jump off, <clears throat> jump off this. Someone says the time is now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I feel like this is like a popular quote from like a. <laughs> I know. Please put your name so so uh, this can be truly interactive. Okay, so for me, I mean, we all know the reasons why the Glazers are unpopular, right? It's 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 been like leverage buyouts are so terrible that leverage buyouts are now illegal right now. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're oh, they didn't yeah. allow it for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. illegal. Just because of the problems, you know, United, like Ola mentioned, Hicks and Gillette, they're illegal now. Because I think that, that was part of the thing that kind of got Bolton in trouble, if I remember correctly. Not sure about that, but yeah. leverage bars are illegal now. So essentially to the Glazers, <laughs> right? Manchester United is just a revolving debt facility to them. They just, they, they got this asset, huge asset, did a leverage buyout, passed the debt onto the club, and they're not getting money out. <laughs> I mm -hmm. think they're getting out revenue from the club to pay the debt and pay themselves dividend. That's one of the craziest schemes that was ever yeah. allowed. It's like when you think about that very well, right? When you think of just from like finance, from a pure basic finance level, that you take an asset, you buy an asset, didn't really prop up any cash, front yeah. load debt on the asset. You take out money for the asset, finance the debt as much as you can, in quotes, finance the debt. Just mm -hmm. the most minimum payment every year, and the interest keeps climbing up because yeah. you're paying payments every year, and you're taking out dividends to pay yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really crazy when you think about it. Mm -hmm. 
it's been going for so long that right now the debt when they took over in 2005 is the same. It's the same. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's that is is incredible. And, what you think and I, we paid 1.5 billion pounds to service yeah. that debt in right. those 17 years. Like yes. and when and when people say Manchester United is not even run as a good business, let alone a good football club, this is why. This is because this is the reason sure why. all basic business principles mm -hmm. and still make money. That's why they're not run as a good business. Correct. I, I agree. Um, let me take comments. I'm seeing some comment about they need the money to service their debt, correct? Uh, my Gaza should. So, however, David Gill is the culprit, but the Gazas will definitely take the fall because it's there. It's theirs. Who is this? Put, put your name. I don't yeah. think. Okay. Sounds like that. Da, da, da. Nothing wrong with LBO deals. Folks have this for ages. The club is just bad around. No, nobody's saying anything wrong with it. But the problem is football as a sport, as a it's different from like you know, regular like finance, because especially the fact that. You need to put money into the club. To you know, you need to do that. You, know, you need to put money in the club. Someone says, "Yummy." Okay, thanks for that. You need to put money into the club. <laughs> I mean, it's not about. Uh, I know about LBO. Yeah, and the, tr the truth is, there are many examples of owners that bought clubs without being, doing leverage buyouts. Look at um, FSG didn't do a leverage buyout when they got Liverpool. <laughs> they didn't have to. You know, I, okay, it's true. We too, we complain that oh, the FSG are not putting in enough money of their own money, but at least. They put in some money at the beginning of their own money. Some of them, we, we, we had debts um, accumulated to them, but it was not a leverage buyout. And it can be run successfully without doing a leverage buyout. I just don't, it's not, it's morally wrong. Look at the way you explained it. You loaded yeah. debt onto a club yeah. and then you're still taking, you're taking the money and using financial debt and then you're not paying yourself dividends. It just doesn't sound right. And I'm happy to even know that it's illegal now. Because it's, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Why would you allow that for a football club? But the, the thing is, the main question I wanted to ask you guys was this Jim Rack, Jim Ratcliffe guy. Um, he was interested in... Ah, that's uh, Yannicka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what City was not a leverage buyout either. So that, that's another thing, you see? You don't have to be leveraged buyout to be successful. Let's get it. Let's get it right. Sugar Daddy Club. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, I, I, so the other thing I wanted to add was the fact that in 2012 they refinanced. That's what makes it crazy. They refinanced they, when they really? when they floated. Yeah, they refinanced 2012, floated on a stock exchange. But guess what happened? The profits they split it between themselves. They didn't put the money back into the club. Like <laughs> what the Glazers have done is it's borderline criminal. It really is borderline criminal. They, they were able to hire a bunch of financial people, find out all the loopholes that they can pass, and just share the money. Why the club just keeps going down. So, yeah. Mom, you're yeah. sad, you know. go ahead. But that's what I wanted to ask you guys. This Jim, I, I don't, I know it's like the richest man in the UK, Jim Ratcliffe. Yeah. Um, but what's his plan? Is he trying to do a leverage buyout? And also, why why did it take him losing out on the Chelsea sale before saying, okay, now I want to buy United? Because I posted one article that I saw that he was like, oh, United, I won't touch them with a pole or their family run three years ago. But now suddenly, it's like, okay, yeah, I want to buy United. So I'm just wondering what's going on there. What plans does he have? Is it because, okay, it's true, he's a United fan? Or is it because he thinks you guys are easy money? <laughs> That's what I want to know. So let me explain what so, the plan is. You want to say something? Oh, okay, go ahead. oh no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Aya. This plan generally, yes, you're right. He said United is a poor um, investment. Like two years, I think it was even like two years ago he said that. You know, mm. because, of course, the stock price was tanking at the time. But what he plans to do is go in, get minority stake, and go in with a private equity firm. We, you know, we also have to be careful when we say we want Glazers out because 
we can go from five pound to fire, like literally. Yeah, you can go, it could go, it could go worse. It's true because private equity are sharks. These poor are sharks. Like Milan was just lucky that over time, you know, it has kind of worked out. The guys that took over Milan for a while, the way they were running the club, it was kind of weird, you know. They were just lucky that over time they were able to invest in youth. So the point I'm trying to say is he's going in trying to get minority stake. That minority stake is going to go in with the private equity firm that's going to analyze and they will kind of do not leverage buyout, but whatever money they put in, like they might not put the money into the club. Like it doesn't mean if they buy those shares, all of a sudden some investment is going to come in from Radcliffe. Wild Glazers still own majority. What they want to do is buy the minority and gradually build to get take a to have an aggressive takeover. Pretty much yeah. force Avram and Joel, the two yeah. that who do not want to sell, force them to sell their own um, stock equity. So I don't know if I'm really sold on Jim Ratcliffe, to be very honest. Even though I want the Glazers out, I don't know if I'm sold on, on Ratcliffe. His intentions, that's the key. And I'm, I'm not too sure about his intentions. Even though he's a United fan, doesn't, does it really matter? Yeah. He doesn't have clear intentions on what he wants to do. Personally, I just prefer another American owner, like a, like someone like a Todd Bolly, like what he's, he's doing, that kind of owner that's going to come in and actually put money into the club. You know, that's, that's yeah. why... But sadly enough, I don't think Glazers want to sell. Just like everybody said, I don't think so. They're going to do whatever they can to hold on to this debt revolving facility because it's, yeah. it's like easy money for them. Like yeah, it's easy money. it is, it is for dividends that they can pay themselves. Like why would they? Why would they sell? Why? <laughs> there should there should be a new name for it. It's called Paul Bieri. <laughs> <laughs> like like the Cameroonian uh, president, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's that lack of investment. Yeah, so that's that's the problem. That's what I think. Yannick, um, any thoughts? Or you're just are you just happy that United? Yeah, always talking talking smack about United. I see you on Twitter, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, if City were in your position, you'd be like, good, so yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, I think in terms of football. I think it's very interesting because from like a UK perspective, everything that you read about football owners, when it comes to American owners, it's always quite positive. And when it's like Arab owners or non-white owners, it's always negative. And actually, if you think about it, I know the Arabs have their issues um, themselves, but I think in terms of what they do for football clubs, like... What Sheikh Mansour has done for Man City is unreal. He's come in, he's completely changed our club. The academy went from just not being able to compete with Man United to being far superior to United in terms of, like, even I've been to Man United's training ground and I've been to City's. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between the two. Um, and I think what he's done for Manchester in general, he's, he's invested in the City as well. Um, and yeah, he's done a lot for us, whereas the Glazers have come in, taken everything out, not done anything for Manchester. The training ground is, is pretty basic for a club the size of Man United. The women's team didn't even have a proper mm -hmm. place to train. So if you think about what they've done in comparison to what the Sheikh's done, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no comparison. It's completely the opposite. So yeah, I think for our owner to get a lot more stick than the Glazers, doesn't make any sense really. And even things like keeping our ticket prices low, like he's kept our season tickets reasonably low in comparison and stuff like that. The Glazers are all about what they can get from the fans. So 
yeah, it's it's the complete opposite. And I think if any owner should be praised, it should be him rather than the Glazers, you know. So I think now it's kind of got to the point where even your ex-players and sort of people in the media are now saying, oh, the Glazers need to go. So I think they will be kind of forced to sell um, within the next few years. I can't see them surviving. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I don't think American owners are the best for football, to be honest. Yeah, well, Yannick, I think I think with. Um, of course, I do agree with you. I mean, yeah. even even United players, well, ex United players, yeah. a lot of them have their kids uh, at the City Academy, so yeah. they don't even they don't even rate you know the club they played for. Um, yeah. But when when we talk about the ownership model, uh, we see with Newcastle United. Um, Manchester City, even PSG. Yeah. Those are, these, are, these are essentially state-owned clubs, right? Yeah. And the goals of a state, the goals of a government, right, yeah. when it comes to things like that, are very different from the goals yeah. of an individual or a corporation. Yeah. So the, uh, I guess, you know, the, uh, <laughs> Sheikh Mansour has to do what he's doing for a bigger political reason. For yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Benefiting, it's, it's, I mean, it's great for the for Manchester City. It's great for the yeah. city of Manchester. Um, but it benefits him politically on a on a oh, yeah, know, yeah. political slash global scale. Same thing with same thing with the uh, with the Qataris at PSG. Same thing with the Saudis and in, in at Newcastle. So that's yeah. why, that's why I'm not saying you know we should keep yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just just to uh, move it on, I had to add this to the schedule, you know, since we were able to, you know, reach Yannicka today, finally. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to reach out to, like, Tiki, you know, Tiki Begistarian, reach out to Sorando. Finally, I had to get on the schedule. So we're going to do a ad hoc Man City Newcastle review, you know, just talk talk to mm -hmm. us about that. And what do you expect? I know that you're already, like, what, three games into the season. What do you expect yeah. based on your signings, transfer window? Just give us a quick summary. Um, I thought that we'd start the season slow. I thought we would drop points in our first game. That's what I thought. Um, we didn't do that. <laughs> we actually started better than I thought. Um, I think with City today, like, we were just all over the place. I think we should have scored more. I know Pope was really good today, um, so he deserves his flowers. He was very, very good. Really, Haaland should have had a hat-trick, you know, but he was... He was on point. Um, but I just think we weren't good enough. Defensively, we weren't good. Rodri, I love him. He's my favourite player. But today, he wasn't good. Yeah, we just looked a bit all over the place. Um, what we were trying to do wasn't working. I do think Foden should have passed at 1-0. Because I yeah. think if he does, it's 2-0. And I think once we go 2-0 up, we probably have a lot more control of the game. Whereas, because we let them back into it, they then had all the momentum to go on and score the second. So I think we kind of fucked it up a little bit there. Um, in terms of how the game went, it's interesting, because I thought at 3-1 it was game over, um, set match. I thought City would not get back into it. So for us to actually come back and get to 3-3, that's not something that City have been doing historically. Um so I think the way the game went, I think we deserved a point. I don't think we deserved three. Um, and I just think both defences were a bit of a shambles, apart from Pope. I thought Pope had a good game, but everyone else, I just think they were a bit of a shambles, to be honest. So it wasn't a good game from City, but I mean, 
I think we'll be okay going forward because on another day, I think we score more goals than we did. So I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I think just to add to that, I think it wasn't much of more um, Rodri because I think Rodri was excellent. Yeah. I think the problem is in transition, he was so isolated, right? Um, was was almost been like a, a false nine. Yeah, like, yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> Alan is already here. This is the last season. Oh, it was, no. it was too far <laughs> so every time the, you guys got caught in transition, there was only yeah, yeah, Alan, every time. That's what I saw. I was like, why is Gundogan so far up? Like, like who is the midfield? Everybody was far mm -hmm. up. Like Gundogan was almost playing false false nine. Um, yeah, he was the seven. But Silva too was there. I'm like, okay, but who is the midfield? Like, no, no, there was no midfield. It was only it was only Rodri. So that that's what I thought happened. So he was just yeah. like got in trying to track two three runners every time. And I thought Pep was going to make adjustment, but it almost felt like there was some smack of arrogance. Look, Newcastle played extremely well. To be fair, like yeah, oh, we couldn't handle Saint Maximum at all. Yeah, he, he was. A, it was yeah. a smoke. It was a smoke. But yeah. I thought people have made adjustments regarding, like, okay, Gundo, you don't need to go forward. We already have Haaland. He just kept bombing forward and bombing forward and left Roger in isolation. I, I thought that was probably the main issue in yeah. the game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, like, expectations going forward for, for City? Um, I mean, every season, I think we're kind of expected to win the league and do well in the Champions League, if not win it. That's like what the expectations are. Um, I do think we should be winning the league. I want to win three in a row. I think only United have done it. We know why. We know why. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think what it is is like with City, I like the fact that we're breaking records that people don't have. So. <laughs> Four in a row, which has never been done. We need to get three in a row first. So, yeah, I think I would. if I had to pick one trophy this season, it would be the Premier League, even though we do need a Champions League. I'd still pick the Prem. I think this season's going to be interesting because I was saying earlier, Man City's best period is usually over Christmas. Correct. Sort of January. That's where we're usually our best, and that's what normally sets us apart from the rest of the league. So we can go on and win it, um, even if we drop points after that. And that's what happened last season. We got in a position where, even though Liverpool were able to get back into it, we'd still had enough points to see us over the line. So I think with City, with the World Cup now, it's right in the middle of where we're normally at our best. So it's it's how we recover from after the World Cup. And we're going to have a lot of players that are playing in the World Cup, apart from Haaland. I think everyone else is pretty much going. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how we are in comparison to other teams where maybe not as many of their players go. Because I know Liverpool have quite a few players that aren't going. So we'll have to see how it goes. I, for now, I would say I expect us to win the league because I always think we should. But yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. We, have, we can't be dropping points you know in in like back-to-back -back games so as long as we go on a winning run now i think we'll be okay but yeah okay okay good 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 points good points just because of time i just taking the yannicka starts on city and move on to liverpool ola 
is Liverpool out of the title race, or it's too early to say that? <laughs> let, us, let us see. It's it. all over. It's all over. Ah. Give the league keep it already, please. Save us, save us all the pain, Oh, okay, Arsenal. Yeah, the, the Invisible Point Two. Are you saying that Invisible Two Point Oh? <laughs> Invisible Two Point Oh. Um, it's the, the draws are annoying for me. I prefer because I think the two times Liverpool pushed City, we mm-hmm. all the way to the final day where we lost by one point. We actually lost fewer games than City on both occasions, but we drew too many games, and that's why it's it's annoying when you start drawing. It's better to just lose one and win one, basically, instead of just drawing two. It's basic mathematics, you know. <clears throat> and those two draws, they're different kind of performances. The first game was woeful, like Fulham outplayed us, outran us, outfought us. You know that that was a terrible performance. I think we were even lucky to get a draw in that game. But the second game, I think Liverpool played well, played well against Palace. But the issue was we didn't score the first goal. And then he let Zaha run through, which was always going to because we had uh, Nat Phillips at the back, our fifth, fifth choice centre back, who is a bit slow. He's good, but he's slow. And Zaha just targeted him the whole game. And that goal was coming because they tried it twice. And you were like, okay, these people are going to do this again. But then they did it and scored. And immediately they went one year up. That's the thing with Palace. Palace are an awkward team to play against. City. City yeah. was will say the same thing because I think they've beaten City at their team like twice in the last few years. They're just an awkward team. When they go ahead, they can eat you on the break. So I was happy Liverpool got a point out of that because playing 10 against 11, they even dominated that match. So I was happy they showed fight. But then the big problem is we're going to Old Trafford when United just lost. They just lost a big game. Like Klopp said, it would have been better if United won that match because now you guys are going to be super motivated. I don't think People are just, I've uh, seen so many memes. Oh, Liverpool are going to smash them over there. That's not the way football works, man. These people have professional pride. Your team might not be very coherent. You might you might not be a very, might not be like this most solid of teams, but professional pride always takes, takes stage at this stage. I, I mean, basically, these guys are not going to want to lose Liverpool three times in a row. <laughs> you know, they're going to die there, basically. Your players have, you see, you guys should be surprised. You guys have, Fight. You see your players will fight tomorrow. The quality might not be there, but you guys are going to fight tomorrow. So that's why I think, of course, Liverpool are favourites to win that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if we are served Okra again tomorrow. Okra <laughs> for the third time in a row. And if we draw tomorrow, I just think, yeah, um, it's a bit difficult because, because that's too many draws. We, we drew, I think, seven games last season. If we draw tomorrow, that's three draws already. And we have 35 games to go. It's it's a bit it's a bit difficult. That means we have to we have to win like 30 games out of 35, just to just to stand a chance. It's crazy. The, the league has gone crazy. You have to be winning at least 30 games every season, <laughs> at least <Yeah. laughs> 30 before you can even say okay, I want to draw two or three. So yeah, in answer to your question, the league is not gone. But tomorrow, if we don't win, that's three draws. That's too much. Unless unless um, City keep drawing, so I don't. I think City are playing at home next, and yeah. I, I still think City are the team to beat. Um, Arsenal are on top, but City are the team to beat at the moment. Chelsea, surprisingly, I would have, I would have put Chelsea as title contender, but they look surprisingly fragile, and they don't have a goal scorer, so that's always a good problem. They don't have somebody who's going to consistently score goals, so I understand why they're chasing Aubameyang, but yeah. at the back they look very fragile today. I don't know. Leeds just just run through them so easily. 
maybe they missed Kante. Kante. Kante didn't play today, so maybe they missed Kante in that regard. But um, City has still a team to beat, and if City are like eight points ahead by Christmas, forget about it. <laughs> That's my barometer. If Nathan City start getting like close to double figures ahead of you, they're difficult to catch. Difficult to catch. You might close the gap, but they're difficult to catch. Okay, good point. Very, very good point. Anybody wants to have any extra thought about that? So I'll move on to the next topic. Yeah, pretty are you much. Don't be, are you guys don't believe we can get a draw tomorrow? Come on. We're going to talk about the United preview. We're going to do a whole any thoughts? Uh, I think Ola has pretty much broke here. Said it all. So, Itata, what are your thoughts on our man, Casamiro? Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that it's a good signing. I mean, we've been crying for a DM since uh, maybe, what, 35 years ago. <laughs> Ago. You know, it's been a running issue. Let's get a DM. Let's get a DM. Um, it's a it's a good signing. Um, but you know what? Like I said, you know, we were having a discussion. The EPL happens to everyone. So Casemiro will come in and learn quick. You know, he'll come in and learn quick. It's 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 a good addition to the team, but if you're getting Casemiro, what's the plan now? You know, Casemiro is supposedly as a footballer between the ages of like 27 to like 32 is the peak of your powers. You're getting Casemiro right there. He's 30. What plans do you have for Casemiro for the next two, three years? You know, talking about United being a poorly run club, I know there are, there are no plans in place for Casemiro. Is someone going to be an understudy? Um, are we going to get... A profile of midfielders that will work with him the next two years. Is there a transition plan for whoever is going to be the next number six after Casemiro? What if he gets injured that takes him out two months? You know, all of these things, I don't know if United are ready for it. Him as a signing, good. What plans do we have surrounding Casemiro? None. So as much as I'm happy we're getting a good footballer, I'm also like, I'm, I'm treading cautiously because I know what our club is can possibly do. You know, they probably Casemiro may could probably come back, uh, get into the team, and then something crazy like maybe the next week Harry Maguire is given five extra years with a brand new contract and improve weekly wage. We act like that, you know. So I'm I'm just as much as I'm happy, I'm waiting on the downer. What are they going to do? <laughs> What are they going to do? United don't plan at all. You know, I'm happy, you know, we are going to get a little impact on the field. I'm happy Ten Hag is the coach. You know, he may be forced to work with the bare minimum, but I can guarantee you there are no plans after Casemiro. So, you know, I'm happy for the buy, but that's about it. Okay, that's good. Good point. I got comment. Um, I think this this Casemiro deal is um, honestly yet another example of United negotiators having their pants pulled in the transfer market. Um, I think I think we have uh, Casemiro is what turning thirty one in February, um, and we have paid seventy million pounds for him, and we have made him effectively. Euros, like, euros, 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 no, 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 it's pounds. Fabrizio Romano said it's 60 million pounds 
plus 10 million pounds add-on. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least that's what Fabrizio said. And Fabrizio is the god of transfer. <laughs> um, and we're making him effectively, you know, one of the most paid, the highest paid players in the league. Now, while that in itself is a criminal uh, act, criminal act by Manchester United, one of many in the last in the last few years, <laughs> I think it would have been more criminal not to do it. <laughs> That's how bad the state of Manchester United is. It would have been more criminal to leave Ten Hag with the McFred sandwich. <laughs> the same McFred sandwich yeah. we've been eating since <laughs> the second year Before. of Mourinho. Jose Mourinho, yeah, and it almost it almost looked because we got. I mean, I'm not comparing Nemanja Matic and and Casemiro in terms of ability or anything, but we got Matic as a DM, right? And he was he was 30 years old, I believe, when we got him. Um, we effectively got Matic on his last legs. I hope we're not doing the same with Casemiro. I believe. I believe that Casemiro maybe has one or two years left at the top level. Um, but again, this is United. But still, like I said, it would have been worse to leave Ten Hag with my friend. Um, now, with regard to another reason why I just, it's hard for me to be excited again because this just, this just looks it just looks like another example of lack of planning. Now, if Casemiro was the plan two months ago, I would have been okay, right? If we did this two months ago, I would have been okay. The fact that I was linked with Rabio and Anatovic two weeks ago, after eating, <laughs> after eating breakfast served by, Brent, by Brentford and Brighton, right? And now... Huh? Easier games. They were supposed to be two easier games. Those are exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and 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 all of a sudden we're, we're getting, you know, it just, it just, it just, it just, you know, it, it hits me different. Hits me different. I, I wish him all the best, honestly. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm also kind of skeptical. I don't can he, because we know we know we know what Ten Hag football is, right? High press, keep the ball, all those things, play out from the back. Does Casemiro? What what and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. What I know about Casemiro is I know he's a destroyer, he's a he's a screener. Um, he, he his sense of position is good. He breaks. I mean, he uh, you know, he intercepts passes and is a good tackler. And can sure. and can rifle from 30, 40 yards. Exactly. Yes. yes. I'm not yeah. sure if he's a presser. I'm not sure if he's, he's. I think his medium short medium rate passing is decent. I don't know if he's a. What essentially what I'm trying to say is this: we still need a baller next to him. Right, somebody who can carry the ball out. Uh, his job is there to plug the unplugged holes in the midfield, especially when the other team is in transition. But in terms of, <laughs> we need we need a De Jong next to him, right? And we we need somebody we need somebody who can ball, who can carry the ball out, who can take the ball from the defender and begin an attack right from that position next to Casemiro. So again, I I, ho I hope he blends well. I hope we we'll find some kind of partner for him, and. I'm looking forward to it, even though I'm scared. Okay, okay. Uh, Ola, outside looking in, any quick thoughts about Casemiro? Yeah, good player, good player. <clears throat> I don't think the age should be too relevant. Uh, we got Thiago at 30 years old too, so uh, you'll probably get to three good seasons out of him. I, I think he's needed. You guys need somebody who can 
who can spoil things, make those tactical fouls. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Ogakwame is spot on because what's the plan? Um, like Itata also asked, what's the plan there? Because it's one thing getting Casemiro, but that's not the end of your midfield problems. <laughs> you know, you still have McFred. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, okay, I know Ericsson is there now. So unless you're playing Ericsson next to him and maybe then play Bruno a bit further up front. So we just have to see what the plan is because that's not the end of the story. Buying Casemiro is not the end of the story. You still have to have the balance right. And I, I think he's good. I actually think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. It's just, okay, like like, the, like we say back home in Nigeria, that's wuru wuru to the answer. Basically, you guys just, you guys just do wuru wuru to the answer, man. You didn't show your work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. just found a way to get to the answer because, yeah. like you guys have rightly said, this was not in the plan. Two weeks ago, we didn't even, we didn't hear anything about Casemiro. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we stumbled upon this guy, let's get him. So that's the difference. But I think it's going to be a good signing, actually, because you need somebody like that. We, we got Fabino in for that reason. You need somebody with a bit of steel. Because even Fabino, Fabino is not even the quickest player, but he, he intercepts, he anticipates danger. He's there to plug those holes, like Akwami was saying. You need a player like that, but then you still need players around him who are going to be the ballers, basically. The guys who are going to progress the ball. So I think be, the age for me is not relevant because footballers are, are playing to 34, 35, I'm playing well. Look at Modric. Look at him. Look at Modric. Yeah. That midfield is footballing at. Uh, and Casemiro, I think his injury record is quite good. He doesn't get injured yeah. a lot. So yeah, I don't think the age is relevant at this time. I think 30 years old, you probably get four, three, four good years out of him. But what's the plan? <laughs> what's the plan along with buying it? That's the I main agree. thing. Agreed. Agreed. And please, and please, just to add, uh, talking about being criminal, we have <laughs> replaced. We've technically replaced Lingard with Ericsson. We've replaced Matic now with Casemiro. We still need to replace Pogba and Mata. Yep. If we don't, Facts. that's criminal. Facts. Correct. Mm. Absolutely. I like how you, as you address that. And I was just going to talk about two things. First, to correct uh, Kwame, I'm looking at the Athletic, it's 70 million euros. Okay, that's euros, okay. Million. Yeah, 60 million, um, then 10 million add-ons. So I'll, I'll talk about tactics. Like, tactically, when I look, when I look oh, at wait, it... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying 70 million and then 10 add-ons to make no, it 80? No, or... 60 million euros. Okay. Then ten million add-ons. So it's zero. Okay, thanks. Talking about tactics, I want to focus on tactics. Where has Casemiro thrived, right? Under who? Zidane and Chelotti, pretty much. Yeah. What are managers were there? They were they were counter-attacking managers, right? Mm. They were counter-attacking managers. Yes, New Madrid have Cruz and uh, Modric that can keep the ball, but they are not. Uh, my point is, they are not a possession-based system team. Mm. He has never played on a heavy position-based manager. And that is so critical in build-up play. It's so mm -hmm. critical. He has yeah. never had to go and pick the ball. The times that they've done it, just by playing on the back. Who, if you want to watch it, just watch three Magic games. Is it a Cruz or Modric? Modric. 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 He's never yeah. the one picking up the ball from the back foot. Never. You've never seen. When they're beautiful mm -hmm. the back, Casemiro is always forward, further forward, for a reason, for a clear reason. So the point I'm trying to say is, now it looks like Ten Hag has gone, okay, I need to like plug those for the season, which is fine. Short-term goals lead to long-term goals. I, I'm 100% in that. But now, how, how does he want to adjust going forward, in my opinion? Because he wants the ball. He said he's not changing his philosophy. We know that. All of a sudden, Tenag is not all of, all of a sudden going to become a counter-attacking manager. He's not going to do that. He's going to stick to his philosophies, right? Whilst they adjust his players. So what does that mean? We definitely need a, a progressor. We absolutely need. Not just a progressor now. This is why I, I keep coming to everybody. We need a right-back and another goalkeeper. It is not going to work with Dalo and David here. It's clear now. It's not going to work. 
we can't keep going long, going long, going long because now everybody already knows that. Oh, okay. We know, we know we're going to press. We're going to press the people that can <coughs> try to play Ericsson there. Yes, it's good on the ball, but Ericsson tech it doesn't play that deep. And yeah. this, like especially back to go, it's not it's not gonna yeah, do that. Yeah, so he, the problem is like, oh, they know they know the people they will leave, they'll just leave the right to dialogue open, you know. So we need to replace our right back. That triangle needs to be replaced. If got in Casemiro, you need to replace the right back, you need to replace the keeper if you want to build, or they just throw away the season. If they say they want to try Ericsson, but they're gonna throw this is gonna be throw away. I'm being serious. If you don't replace the right back and keeper, we're training with the season, meaning we're not caring about where we finish. And I'm fine with that. As long as we are training with the season, like Arsenal did for like two seasons in a row, for a long-term plan. It's okay to throw a season. I'm very okay yeah. with that. As long as there's a long-term plan in place. But now, when I see the next signings we are trying to get, it makes me look, are you really throwing away the season? Why do you want to pay 80 million or 100 million euros for Anthony? Why do we need to do that now? Why? I like Anthony as a buy. Let's be clear. I really do. Yeah. But if I have 100 million euros, why are we not buying more midfielders? Why are we not buying a right back? Why are we not changing David here? Exactly. Why are we not buying 50 million and going to Brighton and say we want Sanchez? Or go to Brentford and say, give us David Raya? Okay. Like, why are we not doing something like that? Or whatever ball and uh, keeper, uh, keeper that's very good at his feet and he's just good in short stopping. Why are we not doing that? I don't understand that. If we have 100 million, that's the part I'm talking about. <laughs> why not try to correct the emerg like emergency positions right now? We have critical positions that we need to correct. Correct it so that you can build... It's, it's easier for exactly. managers to build from a stable foundation. So exactly. Like, especially in Manchester United. Because we know Manchester United. Manchester United fans are not going to take eight position. Finish. We, we are saying this now. If United finishes eight, there will be some calls for Ten Hag to be fired. Yes. Because what we are going to do is like, oh, we have spent 250 million. They will not look at where, where was the place to. People just look at the money. Two million as spent. How can I spend and finish eight? That's what everybody's saying. How can I spend with Ronaldo in the squad? I finish eight. Nobody's looking at the positions that is critical to how the manager wants to play. That, that's what I'm going to say about that. We need to go and replace those positions instead of spending money, scattergun approach. Especially, especially on that goalkeeper issue, Ayo. It's very big. I, I, I was one of the ones that was like, ah, goalkeeper is not a priority. It is under it is. this manager. It is. It's look, short stopping, short stopping comes standard. On any goalkeeper right now, right, 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 right. right, right. On a, at least to a moderate level, it's like buying a car, tire comes standard, you know, yeah. or, or the or the or the uh, or the driver's seat. You don't have yeah. to buy a seat, right? Yeah. That's standard stuff that comes with any goalkeeper these days. Now, can you play with your feet? Can you command your area? The hair does not check those boxes, and that's the big problem. That's the big problem. It's a have, huge problem. Uh, our, our giant of a good, uh, defender beside him, uh, Lisandro Martinez, a giant, you know. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I was told Chelsea today about Kulibali. <laughs> Kulibali is <laughs> too tall for the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an actual guest. Anyway, <laughs> but it's true. Like, you know, so those things matter. See Pope today. If Pope wasn't commanding, the, he commanded his yeah. that game. He would have been, been pumped. He, he, he would have been pumped. Yeah. He was winning all the balls in the air. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the little, little things. That day has to go. He has to. I'm, I'm there now. I know Chuki was... Riding this train, I was very half an hour, but now, yeah, fully, fully there from last season. I was there, like, he has yeah. to go. Yeah, we cannot do this anymore, we can't keep doing this. But to be honest, it's not even about the evolution of football. If you trace back successful teams, okay, for instance, Man United, Smichael and Van der Sar, yeah. they on. commanded their box and they were good with their feet 100%. Yeah. So, it's not even about evolution. That's I true. think it is critical to have a good keeper who can do those things, like a guy, Kwame say, the basic things. 
shouldn't be what is sold. Yeah. It's the added on things that need to be there. Yeah. You know, be good with your feet. Look at it like uh, Olad, their goalkeeper, uh, Addison. Allison, Allison. He plays like he's a sweeper. Yeah, he pretty much. Same thing with Edison. Edison the day, you know, yeah. <laughs> Manuel Neuer, you can go down the list. Even Ochoa for Mexico. True. Yeah. You know, even you don't even need to stop. Yeah. I know it's Ramsey as an Arsenal. Um, yeah. uh, safe keeper. Yeah. When he that easy, it makes it look difficult. That's what I always, always well, even our brother we, at Chelsea is also, I forget about today, he's also good with the feet. He commands his area, is big, you know. But the hair is like corners come. He's he goes with his pinky to point out the corner. <laughs> Don't do that, you know. <laughs> what do you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think about this goalkeeper we're linked with, Jan Sommer? I like him. Take get him right now. I'll, yeah, I'll take him. I'll that take hundred million, him. take thirty million or forty. Go and get him. I don't know what, what we're trying to get. Anthony for hundred million. Ajax next season he'll be available cheaper. Go and get him. Go because Ajax won't do well this season. Champions, we know that. So all their prices of their players, they will not do well. We know this already. Go and get your summer. Why, why are we wasting time? Maybe they're hesitating, Ayo, because they're like, well, the guy is the highest paid goalie, like, in the league by far. So they're like, okay, are we going to now put this guy on the bench? He's selling 300K, 350K. Maybe it's a business decision. I'm just looking at it from that perspective. Like, in their, in their head, they're like, this guy, we're paying so much for him. Why would, he, why would we need to replace him? Maybe that's why they don't want to get a new goalie. Maybe. Business decision. Business if they are still looking at business you know, at this point, with where we are, because where matches are, we are in trouble. Blizzards, right? We are really Blizzards, in trouble. They are in trouble. They might still stay, but if they do, if they don't make this decision, the kind of turmoil that will happen. Like I can see a really, really, really bad where we are, like mid table, like mid table, by Christmas. And by that time, the fan base are going. To, you know these people now. You know, you know Manchester, like they've been sport for winning. They are going to go crazy. And if, if they think they don't see anything, those guys will break into the stadium every day. They can break every day. <laughs> every day <laughs> it's true. I don't know breaking every day. That's what it takes. Imagine I mean, like they broke it once already. People <laughs> pulling up to a CEO's house. <laughs> yeah. to they pull up to anybody's house at any time. These people are crazy. Like I think I think business don't know what they are what they are what they are doing. They don't know. Anyways, let's let's go straight to the review. My United Liverpool. Um, Preview. I said review tomorrow. Uh, now let me just give my quick thoughts. I kind of agree with all I said. I think it's going to be a very drab match, but I think because I think if uh, Firmino is back, Ola, is that correct? Uh, he trained twice. He trained twice. Yeah, but Firmino is not a threat. Firmino is not a threat again, guys. Sorry, he's not a threat again. But Firmino, in he always he always plays well against Man United. He always does. Yeah, he always does. Even if he doesn't score, he's there like causing yeah, havoc. He's, he's a facilitator. He's going yeah, exactly. To he's there. As Firmino came, if it was any and other like... He's still there. That's what I was going to say. If Firmino was out, I would have confidently said this is going to be a drab, 1-1, one, 2-2. One, two, two. Yeah. Because I think both teams will concede. Draw. But because Firmino is back, I really see Liverpool winning. But I think it's just going to be close. I, I see like a 2-1 win. Just because I feel like United... I wish we had done this Casemiro thing earlier. I really, really... I think that would have been the boost we needed. To like maybe go for a win, but if it's still going to be Fred McTominay, which is which is what he's going to play, he's going to be afraid to play Ericsson deep. That's what he's going to play. It's Mac, yeah. the, the the McFred sandwich is coming back. You know the undefeated sandwich is coming back. <laughs> I, it's coming back. It really is. I oh, know man, they drive me nuts. He's playing McFred tomorrow. That's, that's what's going to happen. So he's going to play McFred. 
I so see who is he dropping then? So you're thinking he's dropping Ericsson or Bruno? Yeah. One of them. I, I think he's probably. This is what I think. I think he'll drop Ericsson. I think he's dropping Ericsson. Or if Ericsson starts, he's going to play Ericsson from the from the wing, and Rashford is going to the bench. He bench Rashford, and Sancho will go to the left. To the yes, left. That's what yeah. I think. That's what I see happening. He will play Ericsson on the right. Sancho goes to the left, and uh, he, will, he will play Bruno as a ten. But I see the McFerrin sandwich coming, just because it's a derby. He understands. Ten Hag understands like a heavy defeat, what it can do to him, the morale, the press, everything. So I think it's probably going to be like effort, passion. We're going to press, play well, try to not play well. Let's be clear. But you see more effort, running, everything. But I, I just see like a two-one mistake, reading two-one loss. That's what I see. I hope I'm wrong. I want to see a win. I just don't see where it's coming from. I really don't like. There's too many broken parts when, when I want the whole team. Too many broken parts. When Thiago traps that ball and gives a body he's faint, he's injured. Just ah, body he's injured. Thiago's injured. Oh. He's that's injured. The that's the thing. That, that's why you guys, for me, for me personally, I would have been so confident of like a really good win. But we have zero bench options. We have like almost 10 players injured. So like the first thing we're putting out tomorrow basically is the only team we have. Like the last match, we had like three teenagers on the bench from the academy. And we had some players who are just coming back from injury too. So that, that's that's my main worry. We have no options on the bench tomorrow because we are playing Firmino, Diaz, and Salah up front. Who is on our bench? Cavallo, 19-year-old that we just signed from Fulham. That's our next at- attacking option. We don't have any other attacking options. So that, that my fear is if it's going wrong, we can't change it from the bench. So that's why I think it might end in a draw. Because I think United, United will come out with fights. You know, I, the way I see it is United will go ahead and then Liverpool fight back and get the draw, but then we will push for the win, and then we can't get the win because we have no options on the bench. Well, that's that's why I say it. That is the <laughs> that's hope. What I think that is the hope. If Liverpool scores us first, it's over. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> we, we have we don't have zero fight. We can't get shell talks, and our players can't use shell talks on ants. We are useless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we have no fight. I, I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest. Um, our players have been spoiled rotten. In the Premier League, you might not be talented, but just a little bit of effort in the right direction. Our players don't have it. Uh, 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 Marcos Rashford, MBE. It must be encouraged. That's what MBE stands for. You know? He's jogging around with two hands in the pocket. He's too big. You know, he's, he lives beside Buckingham Palace. I don't need all of that, you know. I don't need all of that. We are not ready for this season. We are particularly not ready for tomorrow's game. And if Liverpool score first, it's over. I we don't have the fight. We don't have the fight. We really don't have the fight. What me I'm going to say about tomorrow is this. Nothing will want happen tomorrow will never happen before. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Unless it's 6-0. Unless it's 6 I like this. I don't chop 5-0. I don't, <laughs> I don't chop 4-0. 4-0. I don't chop 4-0 from Brentford. Yeah. I don't chop 4-0 from Brighton last farm. It can't be... It can't get worse. Seven, what of seven now, maybe, maybe, maybe the rest <laughs> of the can get worse, but I'm, I'm talking like tomorrow yeah. cannot, cannot be worse than Liverpool has done. I mean, bro, they've given me five. It, it yeah. can I, be. This team point, continues to surprise us. <laughs> no, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. But I'm talking about tomorrow specifically, right? Yeah. I don't think Liverpool beats us by more than five goals tomorrow. 
Right. Amen. Last week, I predicted a 6-1 win for Liverpool. I predicted 6-1. Okay, that's good. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I predicted that we were going to lose 6-1. And that was before I thought, before the uh, Thiago injury, before uh, before the Darwin Nunez red card. Um, and I think at that time, too, Firmino was still a doubt. Thiago is still out. Firmino is back. Um, <clears throat> they're still going to beat us. Like, and, and at worst, we're still going to get the sixth one. So, like I said, look, don't look for me tomorrow. Official <laughs> <laughs> prediction. Let's do official predictions before we log, then do all that predictions and see if um, Yannicka is ready to give predictions. Okay. What's the official prediction? Oga, my in. prediction, my official prediction for tomorrow's game is six one. Ah, come on, six one. Oh, you're saying one six. Bro, that's my prediction. Six one. one. Move on. Six one to who? Who wins six? To Liverpool. Oh, so one six. Wait, wait, wait. You think I'm going to predict my United to win six one? <laughs> I'm thinking we're losing because this is the thing. I'm well, I'm going to see my guy again. I'm going to see my Fred. I'm going to see that here. Maybe the only change that will happen is I think he might remove Luxor and put in Malaysia. But it's gonna be the same thing. Six one. That's it. Yannicka, okay, what's your prediction? United. A free free draw. Um yeah, it's not going to be a draw. I think Man United are going <laughs> zero points in three games. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like a 6 0 or anything daft like that. I think it'll be probably like 2 0 Liverpool. Um, but I think they will beat you. But I think it'll be close in scoreline anyway. Yeah. Oh, damn. I, I hope not, obviously. You so. hope not. Because oh, you want them to draw points, right? Since you yeah. are not <laughs> Yeah, that's even worse. The fact that you watch United to win, you are not a threat, doesn't mean anything long term. <laughs> we are down bad, down bad. Itata, give me, give, give me some hope. Itata, well, I, the, by the name of my hope is hopelessness. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, so it depends, it depends, it actually depends on the first 11. Okay, fair enough. now it depends on that lineup. I think we're still gonna lose if we if we put out if we put out the right lineup it might be two one three one. But if that guy they call a fridge plays in central defense, and we concede early, it might be six one. But I, I don't I don't think we are gonna I don't think we are gonna win or draw. I think if we put out if we put out the right lineup it might be three one two one. But if we if the if the line if the starting lineup is is wrong and we have Maguire playing in center in central defense and we concede early, that's six one. I agree, and I think the only way we don't concede early is this: he needs to drop Maguire, he needs to drop Marcus Rashford, and he needs to drop McFred. Yeah, because if if he plays, if he drops those people, I think I think we we still lose, but I yeah. think. We lose more honorably. We see yeah. some kind of football. We we see some we see something that looks like ten half ball. Big man. If those guys are still there, bruv, we are yeah. eating that breakfast. I think the match is starting at three p.m. Three p.m. chop breakfast. I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but a Man City fan and a Liverpool fan listening to United fans in this particular state of despair. <laughs> um, 
I don't even think I need to win tomorrow for me to be so happy. Because <laughs> like 15, 20 years, you guys were rubbing it in our faces. But for you to get to this stage, yeah, you like you're yeah, even happy to lose two one, three one at home. Wow. I'm mad. I Thank mean, God for letting me stay there. <laughs> <laughs> we are honest at least. Me, I would try to have money to rub it in your face anywhere. If I had money, if, if we're winning right now, bro, I will fly to wherever you are and rub it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> official prediction um, Liverpool might win 2-1 if we score first but if United score first it's going to end in a draw if United score first your crowd are going to get fired up your players will get confidence I don't see Liverpool win if United score first it will end in a draw so but I think we might sneak it but I just have the feeling that your players you guys I know you are so down on your players those guys have professional pride there's something called professional pride you can't want to lose to Liverpool three times in a row at Old Trafford. Yeah, man. They, they want to fight. They know this is a big match. I think that the quality might not be there tomorrow, but your players are going to show up and fight tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. They won't want to lose 5-0, 4-0. Ah, three times in a row. What? It's not going to happen. Even if we win. <laughs> Let me ask a question. Who defender is fit beside them? Who is playing beside Van Dijk? Um, we have Nat Phillips fit. Oh no, Gomez is back now. Gomez was injured Matip, for the last game. Matip is out. Konate is out. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. We have a lot of injuries. People are not talking about it. Though it's not an excuse because our first team is still strong. Our first team is still strong. But we have a lot of injuries. Diaz, Femenu, and Salah. Yeah, right. I've changed my mind. As, as long as they don't start. Then I have hope. If three of them start, we are getting it. Louis we Diaz will get it. Luis Diaz still is fit, right? He is fit. Yeah, it doesn't score a lot. He will cut in, and and Dalo <laughs> will be backpedaling, and he's going to rifle <laughs> that top corner. I've changed my mind. My prediction. I am changing his mind. Okay. Yeah. What? Two two. Two two. It's not happening. It's not happening. Are you? Refresh your page and say it again. I didn't hear you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do other predictions. Other predictions. Other predictions. Uh, we just this one. We just go around quickly. Uh, Chelsea, Leicester. I actually need to start. You know what? Next week I'll I'll start a league. Actually, for predictions, let's do. Let's make it fun. Yeah. So now, yeah. I'll get in that league too. Yeah. Let's let's start that prediction league. I'll start that next week. By the way, I'll, I'll keep it as a note. Prediction league. Okay. Okay. Chelsea, Leicester. Uh, hola. Um. 3-1, Chelsea. 3-1. 3-1, Chelsea. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll say, man, there are two confused teams right now. I'll say I'll say 2-1, Chelsea. Chelsea to Nikit. Okay. Yeah. I got yeah, I say 3-1, Chelsea. Brendan Rodgers mm -hmm. in the mud. Please, keep <laughs> that final open. Keep mm -hmm. that final open. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and if you can, if you want, I'll just keep passing. Yeah. I, uh, I said 2 2. Who? 2 2. Oh, okay. Man City Palace. I will go. Man City have to recover. Palace is a good thing, but Man City will be on smoke next week. I see 3 1. Man City. Okay. 2 0 City. Okay. Hola. Um, 2 1 City. Tata. 4 2 City. Ooh, wow. That's a goal. By the way, they say uh, Fabinho is still looking for Eze. 
<laughs> you will find him on the pitch at Old Trafford tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I told you, you should have stayed calm. You should have stayed calm. Me, I'm not saying anything bad. I guess Arsenal full half. I Arsenal is on the smoke, man. They they look good. Top of the table. Top of the table, and they're having a laugh. Arsenal fans will be able to hear that. EJ will be able to hear that. Top of the table, and having a laugh. Uh, Fulham is a good side too, though. I like Fulham. I see, but I still see Arsenal going. Arsenal look good, man. They really look good. Arsenal two one. That's my prediction. I hate to say Arsenal look good. I I'll say one one. One one draw. That's that's your before. I don't think that's a clear prediction. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> I we put call lotte. That's not a lotte. A lotte prediction. That's it's all right. I'll take it. Any. Hey, Arsenal, okay. I just keep crying, chat. Let me, let me keep crying for them. Hola. Um, 2-0, Arsenal. They're on fire. Top of the table. Data. I say 3-1, Arsenal. Wow. Not good, man. Liverpool, Bournemouth. Liverpool have to bounce back. After joining, no traffic. Yeah, bounce back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they'll smoke Bournemouth. Bournemouth, like, they're going down. Let me just put it there. Don't Bournemouth going down. Yeah. No quality. No quality <laughs> in that thing. I'm calling it early, so I think 4-0 four, four Liverpool, because they have to bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. This is July. This is July is hitting for my far somewhere. <laughs> 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 wow, man. Okay. So, what, what's your prediction? 3-0. Yeah. 4-0. Kata, Liverpool, mm-hmm. Bournemouth. Bournemouth are terrible, man. Yeah, Bournemouth are terrible. My, uh, I say I say 6-1. Sorry guys, I'm watching yeah. I'm watching the Atalanta Milan game and Milan just equalized. What a goal. What a goal. Go oh, ahead. Uh, final prediction, Southampton Man United. Hey! Casemiro, <laughs> Casemiro smoke train on with first point after our first point from against Liverpool. Casemiro Gatsby in the team. Southampton are a weird team. With that, they like to press St. Mary's. I think we win. I think our first win is next week. I think we win this one three one. First win next week. <laughs> look at the look. They look on Jala's face. They goes after the relegation zone. <laughs> First week they goes after relegation zone next week. That's my prediction, guys. First week three one. Oh, Jala, let me hear. I got comment. Yeah. I watched. I watched Southampton against Leicester City. Um. This man can ball. Go and sit down somewhere. <laughs> Honestly, and we're at St. Mary's. One one. This guy. Look at the name of the stadium now. St. Mary's. Devils cannot. Devils cannot win. Someone is casting. This are no be coolie value. Please, please, please. No, I don't see you guys winning that match. To be honest. Oh, I, I don't see you guys in there. Yeah. Ah, why? St. Mary's and uh, what's his name? Um, Club Club Lights. You know the the count, yeah. counterfeit club. He knows how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, forget it. He's going to rile up his players. They're going to press your guys. They'll be in your face. You guys are drawing that match. You're not winning. You're not winning at St. Mary's. Even your guy, um, even your guy agrees. Yeah. Okay. Itata, come on my side. Itata is always on my side. Um uh, no. Yeah, not I, I saw I saw the game. I saw I saw Southampton can play. 
This uh, navigation formula, if we cannot be sat yeah. where's the place? <laughs> we, ah, did you meet Brighton? Uh, you I, be I, think, uh, I actually think, I actually think we'll, it, it's, uh, there's a greater chance for a, a draw. I'm looking at two to bet. They might beat us to one. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because they can, we, they, they can play and with United, if you can just play, so that's, that's 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 zero, points. zero points. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Yes, it's possible. Eric, Eric Debois, I see a draw, but I think they might beat us. Eric Debois. Bro, they can fire this guy. This is our play. If you don't win the fight, they'll fire the boy. Uh, the Hago. I, I don't know that's good. So he, he's from a rich family. So, <laughs> yeah, they're from a very, he's from a very wealthy family. So, okay, so if they fire him, he falls back to his millions. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. No, jokes are fine. If he does not win in five games, they'll fire him. I don't think they fire him. Honestly. Five games? Bro, if they stuck with only no, that. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think, think they, they fire, fire him. They no. stuck with, are you forgetting how long oh, they stuck with him? We're not, we're not bottom of the table only. Never. Nah, don't, don't matter. Bro. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. I hope, I hope they don't, though. I hope they don't. But I just feel like five? Nah. Casimura is rough and full and far. I seriously don't think he put your team. Nah, that's where I don't agree. His injury record is actually yeah. super. Samuel. Yeah, he doesn't get injured often. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I agree with get red card, maybe a couple red, yeah. yellow red cards. Because, it's, yeah, he's going to do a lot of work. Yeah. First coach to go. Nah, I, we know the first coach to go. Super Frankie Lampard. That's the I first like coach. Frankie. <laughs> that's I like Frankie. Or Rogers. It's between Rogers or Lampard. Yeah. Rogers or Lampard. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Okay, let's... Uh, this, this, the, one, the segment I've been waiting for. Kudos and donkey of the week. I've waited for this for a, for a reason. Go ahead, Ayo. Then you start us off. Yeah, I have. My kudos for the week. I'll give two kudos. The first kudos goes to... I hate to give you this book. Kudos. <laughs> that's not... That's not right. Yeah. Top of the league. They're playing very good football. I mean, to be fair, their schedule has been kind, but you can only beat what's in front of you. People say yeah. that. So, cool. I'll give I'll give Ateta credit for that. And all you Arsenal fans that are saying Ateta out. Remember... Early, like first season, when he came, when he was playing out of the back, I, I praised him. I know I, I told him last year a lot, but I praised him. You guys remember that? I called it first. I'm going to claim it. I called it first. But yes, now I get some credits on a serious note. Uh, they look really good. Forget the team they're playing. They look really good. They're playing really good football. Second kudos goes to my man, Patrick Vieira. You know, always. Mm. I my man, Patrick. Yeah. For dunking yeah. on on aura man Steven Gerrard, you know, and when last season was saying you can see Steven Gerrard's aura, which aura, 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 yeah, which aura? Steven Gerrard has more wins than my United this season. Hey, stick that in your pipe. Smith and Gary Neville in Valencia, but just just putting out there, Steven Gerrard, aura. He's there flopping up and down. So yes, I'm happy happy for my man uh, Patrick Vera. He's coaching the lights out of that thing. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. My last kudos actually goes to the Premier League. Specifically, I'm, I'm praising, I'm happy for them. And the, the way I'm giving them kudos is for scheduling the money that I on them. One day, when I have a meeting, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I get to meet that game. <laughs> I just go to watch highlights. I'm so, Premier League, whoever has that, has the schedule, I don't remember the FA. Thank you for scheduling that game on a Monday night. Monday afternoon, I have a meeting and I'm focused and I don't have to watch the game. So, <laughs> of course, my donkey of the week. Ooh, my first donkey of the week. Man like Brendan Rogers. This man is tanking Leicester. <laughs> like Leicester are trying to get uh overall draft, draft pick for next season. They are tanking so badly. 
<laughs> so yeah, they are purposely trying to blow up the team and start over again. Hi, when I read that, big donkey. They are, they look really really bad. They just Leicester in free fall, and this is continued from last season. Yeah. Second donkey goes to Tuku. What, 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 what's wrong with that man? Royal Rumble, shake me, look my eye. Three zero against Leeds. Leeds that was not all of the candidates for relegation. Yeah, they, he he gets my donkey of the week. Okay, who wants to go? <clears throat> yeah, oh. I am. Yeah, yeah. Should I jump in? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hold on. I leave the comments. Saliba. Yinka said. Samuel says, for me, I'll judge Ateta come May 2023. Samuel, you don't start again. I'm not giving Ateta yet. All right, cool. No problem. Eddie, kudos to him. Yes, I agree, Inka. Taliban, Zinchenko. Yeah, they've been, they've been excellent. Okay. Hola, let's go. Kudos. Um, well, I do agree because, like I said, it's be between Rogers and uh, what's his name? Rogers and um, well, who were we saying that between two of them? And Lampard, but I'll caveat the one for Rogers because I think they are the only team that have not signed any outfit player this season. So that's the only, that's the only tiny thing I can just use to hold back on him. I would have called him Donkey of the Week, Rogers, but I'll just hold back a little because they've not bought any player except I think they bought a goalkeeper or something. And it's obvious they need a bit of refreshing. I think they're waiting on that for final money. They're waiting on that for final money from Chelsea. I'm not sure that money is going to arrive because Chelsea probably will go in for one day now that's, you know, Barcelona can't register that guy again. Chelsea probably will go back and take him. So I, I would have given Rogers my donkey of the week, but my donkey of the week will go to Mike Dean. Mike Dean that was looking at the screen four or five times on the replay and you saw somebody pulling somebody down with like fistful of air. You said nothing. You didn't tell referee, go and look at the monitor. Three days, two days later, you're now apologizing. Oh, I should have told him to go to the screen. <clears throat> this is the guy, he just retired as a referee, retired from on-field refereeing, and now he has gone to VAR, and he's doing the same nonsense he was doing while he was on the pitch. So that guy is just a donkey. I don't, I, I've never liked him. I think he likes the attention too much. I don't even know why he came out with that apology to say, useless apology. Why are you apologizing? You you really messed up. So just own it. Most of the was like, eh, maybe I should have told him no. Yeah, a donkey, like then, yeah, donkey, donkey of the week. Um, kudos of the week to our Ted Lasso resident in the Premier League. Yes, a match. He said before the match, he said it, he doesn't know why Tuku is going to be on the bench. And it's true, Tuku should have stayed at home because we wouldn't have done any better if he had been at home. Yay. They chopped 3-0 <laughs> today. Our Ted Lasso showed him how it was done. Leeds United, they played all the big six last season. They lost each game, I think, by two or three goals each. Almost like 30 goals considered. Mm -hmm. But now this season, Telasso is in charge. Jesse March inspired them to a 3 0 win. It was a very well deserved win. And he is getting my kudos of the week. Jesse March. Okay, good, good, good. Who wants to go next? I will. Um, kudos of the week. Um, uh, mine is three. I'll give three. Uh, one is to Gucci Me. Gucci Mane, the number 10 for Newcastle is incredible, man. Gucci yeah. Bandana. Gucci Bandana, whatever. That guy's always on bandages, man. Yeah. Bandages yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second one has to be Kevin De Bruyne's pass. Ooh. Oh, oh, goodness. Oh, that pass, that pass is illegal. Criminal. I swear. <laughs> that pass, unbelievable. That pass is divine. 
one passes the <laughs> And the third one has to go to the Super Falconets, Nigeria's under 20 women. They've done me, they've done me well, they've done Africa proud. They play, I think they play in, in two hours. So they've done well. Well, well, well. Donkey. Donkey goes to Tuko yeah. and, and Mike Dean. And then I, I have to add David Nunes for falling for it. You know. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's it for me. Okay, good one. Okay, come here, right? Take us home. Ah, all right. Kudos. Oh, um, all I mentioned, Jesse Marsh. I agree with that. Uh, man like Ted Lasso. Uh, second kudos goes to William Saliba after that mm -hmm. one goal last week. You know, it's good to it's good that he kind of like scored a worldy. Uh, so well done to him. Donkey, bruv, man like T squared, bro. <laughs> T, I don't, I don't, I don't know what Thomas Tuku was doing. You have, uh, what's that? What's that young defender they have? The one that has like dreads and stuff. Chaloba. Chaloba. You have Chaloba on the bench. You have Aspilicueta on the bench, right? But you displace <laughs> and play Ruben Loftus Cheek at right wing back. I, I don't know what he was doing. Um, and you, you could, you could saw. I mean, you could see how, you could see how Reese James became active in the second half when he switched. Uh, James to right back, but you know, I don't, I don't know what Tukul is doing, and also because I know he was, I know he wasn't in the squad today. I don't know why Chelsea fans are making noise. I don't know why Tukul is making noise. Armando Brogia is a good striker. I don't know why he's not being considered <laughs> as a as a decent replacement for Lukaku. Like it's not even one of those things where he spent last season in Spain or in Italy or, or in Turkey or something. Where people can say, "Oh, but this is the Premier League." He was at Southampton. He was in your. He was at. He was in your backyard, and you saw everything he was doing at, at Southampton. And yet, you can't bring him into your team. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on over there. Um, donkey of the week. Second. Second donkey of the week. I'm proactively giving donkey of the week to man like Harry Maguire. <laughs> proactively giving donkey of the week Luke Shaw because I know what I'm going to get tomorrow so go with that information what you will especially since we gave the hair so much stick last week yeah he has to get it too that's yeah, good, right. talk. That's good talk good talk Ninka for everyone supporting us in the comments, Sammy, Dada, Ika, mm -hmm. and all the people that you know, the ones I don't know your names, that you put your names. Thanks for supporting us. Mm -hmm. The end, uh, as always, happy to be here, always, always. Hola, Itata, Yan, Thanks for joining. We're wrapping up already. Uh, okay, okay, sorry. End, uh, of the show. So, you have a kudos on Donkey before you go, yeah? Oh, um, Donkey would definitely be Mendy for that. Whatever that was. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, Jonas, I'm trying to think. That Leeds player, Rodrigo, he's been good since Rodrigo. he came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, I'd say yeah. him. He has like photos now, I think. Yeah. 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 He's top of the he's top of the list. Yeah. So yeah, probably him. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to call the KDB pass. That pass. Yeah, that KDB pass. Woo hoo. Oh my god. 
But, um, but I don't think overall he had the best game. Like that's fair. That's fair. it was a great game, great game. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. very good. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, uh, Mian. No Thank you for having me. We are out. See you guys right. later. Yeah.